Hi, and welcome to Untethered with Jen Liss, the podcast that's here to help you free yourself from the crap that's holding you back so you can claim the life you're meant to live. I'm your host, Jen, and in this episode, we're going to talk about embracing your flaws and in fact, seeing them as awesome so you can truly become flossom. Let's dive in. Hi, friends, it's Jen. Today is an incredibly exciting episode. Christina Mandlachiani is on the podcast, and she is the co-founder of Mind Valley, which is one of the biggest publishers in the self-development world. And I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation because she shares so many really powerful things. And first, I want to check in with you. How are you doing? How's your week going so far? It's Tuesday, second week of July third week of July. Where are we in July? <laughs> Checking in with you. I, You may have heard if you follow me on social media that I lost my dog, Abby, this past week. My husband, Joey, and I have had Abby in our lives for over 17 years. We got her when we had gotten married. We'd been married six months and this little pup has been in our lives for that long. And she's been the most amazing, spectacular dog. And we knew that the time to say goodbye was coming. It's pretty obvious when a dog is 17. And it was very obvious if you met sweet Abby that it was very near the time. And still, it's so hard. If you've ever lost a pet, lost a loved one, lost anything in your life, you know the ups and downs of grief and how difficult and challenging it can be. And She's on our hearts right now and we loved her. And I know this is one of the biggest things that I learned, the most powerful things that I learned when my dog Moose passed away. I started reading so much on Buddhist beliefs about death and so many things about death in general. And one of the things that brought me the most peace, and I'm just going to pass along to you because I feel it. I feel it in my heart and I know that it is true. This is both scientific and spiritual that time doesn't really exist. It's a construct. And therefore we can reach out to those who are no longer with us. And even those who could reach us in the future, we can reach out to them right now. We can feel the love of our loved ones even if they aren't present with us in this reality right now, we can reach out to them anytime. And so with my heart, I reach out to our dog Moose who passed away last year. I reach out with my heart to my dog, Abby, who we just lost last week, and I can feel them with me in the present. And so I hope that this is a practice that maybe you already have, or maybe you can consider, or maybe it might even just raise a question in your mind about how might I be able to feel the presence of a lost fur baby or a lost loved one in the present with myself here and the now. And thank you for letting me share just a little bit of the love that I had for Abby because she just really was a truly, truly special pup. Another thing that we can touch out and reach out to in the here and the now are flaws. Our flaws that truly exist. All of the things about us that make us ourselves, all of those amazing things. And sometimes your flaws often, maybe even in Christina, our guest today's mind, arguably, your flaws are the most awesome things 
about you. They might be the most interesting things about you. They might be the things about you that actually are the biggest gifts that you can bring to the world. And so in this conversation with Christina today, I want you to consider for yourself, what are those things that make me truly, truly what she calls in her brand new book that has just come out and I highly suggest you pick up Blossom. So in this conversation with Christina, we talk about facing your fears and how to face them in reality and how to truly accept that they are part of you and how that helps you to move forward in the best way. We talk about living your authentic truth and being truly honest with yourself and how that honesty is your path to freedom. This conversation with Christina, she lives in Estonia, so I believe it was three o'clock in the morning, my time, but I was so excited to have this conversation with her and to hear her thoughts about why she wrote this book and her journey that she has been on that led her to this point of writing this book. And I truly think you're going to take some amazing things away from this conversation. So without further ado, everyone introducing you to the amazing Christina Mandlachiani. Hi, Christina. Hi, Jen. It's uh, nice to see you this morning. (laughs) Oh, it's so lovely to see you. You know, as my listeners are aware, you're co-founder of Mind Valley, a leading publisher in the personal growth industry, and you've dedicated so much of your life to supporting people and helping them to grow in their lives. And this podcast is called Untethered. And, you know, those, my audience is primarily women and they're seeking to learn the ways that they can recognize, see, truly see and let go of the things that are holding them back from living the the life that they truly want to live. And that includes living a life true to who they really are. So, you know, having you on is just so exciting because I know you've got some amazing things to share and you've got this new book that is coming out that I know everybody is going to want to pick up. So, you know, to start out, Christina, I would love to hear your journey to becoming what you call flossom, to putting these things down so that you can truly live your glorious, like unmasked version of yourself, the one that we see and hear here today. How, what got you to this point? Thank you. Thank you, Jen, for your kind words about our work. Uh, now, you know, I'll, I'll actually probably surprise people because first of all, I am in personal growth and transformation industry, not by choice, but by, I call it accident. Uh, I was married to Vision since 2003. That was when he's um, the, the famous uh, face of Mind Valley and founder of Mind Valley. So uh, when he was starting Mind Valley, I had just moved from Estonia, uh, given up my career in the government, which, um, which, I thought will be my path in this life. And uh, yeah, I helped him with Mind Valley. And then after some years uh, helping, I, it just grew on me and became a part of my life. And it is so ironic in a way how sometimes we end up on our true path, uh, not not really by accident, but without thinking or uh, without a shame. It just happened uh well, it was it, it was beyond me to <laughs> to make it any other way. Uh, now, when it comes to the theme of the book and uh, and 
accepting my flawsomeness, that, uh, that, that was a story which took a little longer. I am a perfectionist by nature and uh, a very ambitious type of perfectionist. I did career very quickly, very fast, very aggressively. Well, maybe aggressively is not a good word, but very, very fast and very decidedly. So that, that has been uh, the theme of my life to just go and get it. I, I think it's, it's the uh, type of other person that we all know. And of course, uh, by the age of 40, I had achieved uh, everything I wanted, or almost everything I wanted. At least my life was uh, something I could uh, be proud of. But I wasn't proud or satisfied, or actually I felt kind of lonely and uh, a little miserable, but I had everything I wanted. And uh, that was the point where I, I started feeling bad for not being more happy in my achievements. And, you know, the fact that I wasn't happy was half the problem. The real problem was that I actually felt really bad about that. I felt like something was wrong with me, that I was broken, that, you know, what is wrong with you? You've done everything that you needed to do. Uh, a lot of people call you an inspiration and you, and how dare you not to feel happy? So, I guess um, my path to flawsomeness uh, came through snapping <laughs> or breaking. At one point, I just got so tired of feeling broken and wrong and not being the, you know, what's what's the matter with me, that I just uh, I just admitted to myself, okay, so that's what it is. That is what I am. So what what can I do with that? Yeah, you know, it's so interesting because I think the actor Jim Carrey said that he wishes that everyone could experience fame and fortune so that they can find out that fame and fortune is not what they really want. Like that's not the thing that we are really truly seeking. You know, we're seeking so much more and we're going to get it in a completely different way than you would go about getting fame and fortune. So what happened next for you after that point of snapping? Like what was it that happened next? Well, it's. Uh, I think that's the uh, ironic thing about, um, or maybe uh, counterintuitive thing about transformation. True transformation happens not because you're dissatisfied with what you have and you want to be better. And that's that's a paradigm that we're so used to. People say, you you know, your 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 inner critic is the thing that makes you keep going. And even even uh, like marketing is built on that. You know, you 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 reach the pain point where you just can't handle it anymore. So you have to start changing a life. But I think it is uh, it is a strange myth that we buy into. I feel that very often when you uh, reach the point of acceptance, that's when the true healing starts happening. So the moment when I when I said, okay, you know, I'm tired of uh, showing this perfect facade to the world. I'm tired of pretending. I'm trying of tr- tired of trying so hard. Let me just be okay with being imperfect. And when I finally said, I'm imperfect and that's natural, not, not just okay, it's natural. Then I got what it took or what, what I needed for, for me to actually start, start changing and transforming and growing. And, uh, and I think that's when I realized that I'm capable of so much more than whatever I had achieved when I was trying so hard to achieve things. Yeah. You know, so many women are, it's not just women, people are are chasing this idea of perfection and really striving. And it's making a lot of us so miserable. And you were able through this process, you were able to meet yourself. It sounds like you, you met yourself 
in who you truly are. I, I saw a video that you've put out that talked about, you know, unmasking. It's like this this feeling of just like putting it all down, you mm-hmm. know? And, you know, what, for you, when that happened, like what what transformed for you when you were able to finally put that down? Uh, you know, the funny thing is that my book is not really about me. I don't really share my story all that much. I use my uh, my life sometimes to illustrate certain points. Uh, so it's it's kind of uh, an interesting experience right now to, to uh, do it step by step. You know what happened next? Uh, I uh, took a sabbatical <laughs> from my work, and uh, I, I felt like I needed uh, I needed a break. I needed to uh, to do nothing for a while. And then when I came back, uh, I rediscovered. I, it's not like I'm, I, I agree because that's the uh, simile I use. I, I say about uh, finding your path back to you and essentially meeting yourself. But uh, if we look deeper inside this process, it's remembering who you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think we, we all, uh, we all know what we really are, but, but, but we are too busy. So we don't have time for that real me. Sometimes we don't have time. Sometimes we think it's inappropriate. Uh, sometimes we think guilty. And, uh, and these are, these are the problems. So in my case, I took a sabbatical. I re, reimagined a lot of things. A lot of things stayed the way they were. Uh, and, and a lot of things changed. And that's the scary thing. That's why it's so hard to face your dragons because you, you, uh, usually people are afraid of two things. One of them is that you might not like what you see. <laughs> it's, it's good to focus on your beautiful facade. This is what, what, what people, what you want people to see about you. And that's, uh, that's polished and, and perfected. But then what, what if, uh, what you find in, in the dungeon is something which you can't like? What happens then? And the other thing that, uh, I think scares people on this path is the idea that you might have to change things. Because, you know, when it's your own truth, which is the hardest to live with, you can hear wonderful ideas and somewhere in the back of your mind think like, yeah, it would be good. It would be nice to actually do this work and and maybe become better. But you can live with other people's truths at peace because it's their truths. Once you hold your own truth in your own hands, you can't close your eyes to that anymore. It won't let you sleep. And that's the scary thing because you might suddenly realize uh, the truth about how you feel about your work or about your relationships uh, or about your, I don't know, your body. (laughs) or whatever and then and then there will be no peace from that because this is this is not something that comes from outside you don't need convincing you just know that's what it is so in my case I reimagined a lot of things about my life and I embraced uh, embraced being an author and a writer fully and that was the nice part but then we also divorced with vision which was a much more painful experience yeah a lot of things changed and and when I started this journey I was afraid of some of those changes I was putting them away uh, or putting them off as far as I could uh you know it's um it is it is how how we humans are we have a lot of social roles that we have to play and sometimes we get so busy with those social roles which are incredibly valuable which pay our bills which society appreciates like fame the one that you talked about that we just don't have time to look at those other social roles which were prior- deprioritized and eventually that that void is going to be so big that you won't be able to keep go- going. If you if you deprioritize yourself as a woman because that's inappropriate in your professional career, if you deprioritize yourself as a parent because you just don't have time 
you know, next to earning money. If you deprioritize yourself as a decent human being because you have to maintain a certain image as a celebrity or an Instagram influencer, or whatever it is, or if you deprioritize your well-being as a human being with biological needs because you are, you know, a country's hero and you have to go through uh, through brick walls to satisfy everyone else, then sooner or later, <laughs> that's going to snap. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Th- thank you for going along your journey because it has allowed you to share this wisdom with the world and to help other people who, you know, haven't faced their dragons. They haven't met their dragons yet. And, you know, my history, I was a cosmetologist, a hairstylist for many years. My purple hair might kind of give that away. But, you know, my job was to help people feel beautiful. And it was outside, you know, we're so focused on, on the outside. And eventually my journey has come to this inner beauty because that's truly where it lies, but there are, (laughs) there are some dragons (laughs) to potentially get through. So, you know, I, I do, I am curious to hear from your perspective. Why do we hide our inner beauty? What, what you call flossomeness instead of celebrating it? Why are we so focused on this perfect exterior Instead of going to the inside, is it because of that, that terror of like, what is, what is this dragon going to look like? (laughs) How fiery is it? I, I would like to I would I would like to uh, answer it uh, lightly by saying you know we just pick our battles who wants to uh, who wants to take on the battle of explaining to the world that I'm actually okay and everybody else is crazy <laughs> um, but but it it is not as simple as that I think it comes from our very primal uh, need to belong and uh, that need is really strong and. Uh, Sometimes we think that uh, the fear or the danger is not real. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll, uh, give a very simple example. Why are people afraid of public speaking? Because we are afraid of being rejected, of not not being liked, or being humiliated, or or being uh, wronged in any way. Uh, That's why we also sometimes afraid of conflict situations or or public arguments. because it it is it is a, a potential or an opportunity to be actually uh, cast out, and uh, while people say, but that's not a real danger because uh, nothing is going to happen to you if your if if your public speaking fails, but uh, biologically our bodies are the same as they were in the days when being cast out did mean death, so it is a real threat. And your brain is the same as it was when we lived, uh, say, uh, 30,000 years ago, when we just started becoming humans the way we are right now. So uh, your brain reacts the same ways. That's why uh, heartbreak is so painful. That's why rejection or, or breakup with a, with a partner is so, so painful, because it reminds us of that fear of death. Which is, which is very real. And because of that, we are afraid to show our true faces because we think that we're going to be rejected. And that's the question of life and death. Uh, I think uh, of the famous speakers, Brene Brown is the one who talks very deeply on this topic. And she's done research on that. And the, I call it a paradox of masks. We wear masks so that we fit in and, and we are liked or the facades. But uh, research shows that to uh, create meaningful connections, you have to have the courage to show the true self. 
the real connection happens with a real person, not with a mask. We know that. We know that subconsciously, but still it is scary. It's like, you know, if you've ever jumped with a parachute, you know logically that it's safer than driving the car to the drop zone, that your parachute has been checked and rechecked and you have, in fact, two. But making that step is still scary because your biology is still rebelling against that crazy act of, uh, of <laughs> I do not know, <laughs> insanity. <laughs> That's so, actual danger. <laughs> yeah. Not. It's actually not. Rejection is an actual danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, statistically speaking, diving underwater is 15 times more dangerous than skydiving. And and speaking on stage is uh, is a real uh, it is a real threat to your your self-esteem. It is. And you know, I'm not talking uh, that you have to let those things uh, stop you. What I'm saying is can we be honest about our life? And stop trying so hard to be perfect because trying to be perfect is not helping. It's not working. Sometimes admitting that I'm imperfect is so much more empowering than trying hard to show your best. Yeah. I, I love that you're just peeling that back and getting straight to it. This does feel dangerous. It, it literally does. It feels it is. It is an actual threat. Thank you for bringing that out and and sharing that. Okay, so how can each of us be more blossom in our own lives? It's a journey, and my book is a journey. <laughs> and uh, but uh, I think if if I had to give only one advice, uh, provided like let's say you forget about this interview and you forget to to to, <laughs> to go deeper down this path, and if I was uh, to give just one advice, then you definitely need to learn to become truly honest with yourself. And I'm not talking about honesty with the world because that's a, it's a completely different story, but honest with yourself. And there are so many ways how we, how our mind tricks us. You know, we, I talked about how our biology is, uh, is created by our primal fears and our brain is the organ which uh, which uh, its its main function is to save you from danger. So when you face reality which is scary, your brain is going to uh, trick you into ways to see this reality in a different way, so that it doesn't feel so scary. So we are not even aware of how how we distort our own reality. And that's another topic, which is so interesting, and we could go so deep into that. But uh, I guess the the simplest way to to put it is, uh, the fish is never aware that it's in the water; only we can see it from outside. So we we are not we're normally not aware of uh, what a delusion we live in. So I I invite you just to 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 explore honesty with yourself. It's not so dangerous because it's just you, you know, <laughs> but then it is because I just said a little earlier that once you have your own truth, you can't live with it. Uh, it I mean, it's, it's so true. And as the great Martha Beck talks about, you know, it's uh, being in integrity with yourself. And there's, as you said, there's dragons to slay along that journey, but it's so, so worth it because that's where true fulfillment really, really lives. So if you you don't mind, if you don't mind, I would actually, uh, I would actually encourage people not to slay their dragons. Oh (laughs) yeah. Tell, tell us, what do you do? You befriend them, you tame them. (laughs) That's a better way. Yeah. Because you see dragons are there. uh, They're there for a reason and they've, uh, they've done a little bit of a job, but probably not so well. So I, I like to make a distinction between uh, habits, which uh, sometimes we want to change, we need to change, and intrinsic qualities about you, which uh, are there. Uh, 
and uh, which are part of you. And probably an easy example would be, uh, you know, if you're an introvert, you can, of course, you can practice being uh, a little more outgoing, but then it's still an integral part of you. And what you exhibit to the world is just a behavior which has been learned. So rather than eradicating something which is an essential part of you, I encourage you to uh, look your dragon in the eyes, accept that it is there, acknowledge that it is there, and learn to live with that and maybe, maybe turn your dragon into your superpower because you're not going to get rid of it. But what you can do, you can live with that, you can work with that, and you can actually find, uh, and, and in fact, I bet that most people will discover that their biggest value comes from the, the scariest dragon. Oh, what an amazing shift. You know, I bought my niece just last week, this little stuffed animal, and it was called Dragons Love Tacos. And it's a little dragon and he's eating a taco. So maybe you can feed your dragon some tacos and then it will (laughs) be your friend. Okay. I have one last question, if if I could, because I ask every single guest this question and I just love the myriad of answers that come out from this. So Christina, where do you see the magic in the world? The magic in children. <laughs> I I do not know what what, what 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 you meant exactly, but I think uh, they're such they're such an inspiration to me uh, for many reasons. But one of the reasons is because they still wonder at the world and and uh, wonder and curiosity they create magic. Uh, that's the that is just the perfect response. I love the question because everybody has something different, and you know, there's just there's so much magic to be found in the world, and definitely in children's eyes. Thank you so much, Christina, for coming on the podcast and sharing all your wisdom with us. Thank you so much for having me and for giving me this opportunity. I would have loved to have talked to Christina all day, but we just had that tiny short window of time to have a conversation about this topic. I highly suggest that you go and check out her book, go purchase her book. You can go to the link in the show notes, get your own copy and read Becoming Flossom. Some of the takeaways from the book and from this conversation that Christina really wants to impart on you is that your dragons will not cease to exist no matter how well you build walls of spirituality around them. The only person whose rejection you have to fear is your own. And as long as you can accept yourself, the world has no choice but to accept you as well. And if it doesn't, you you won't give a damn anyway. (laughs) And next, she really wants you to know that the people that you love do not need your sacrifice. They want you to be happy. And not only is your sacrifice of personal happiness pointless, but is also a heavy burden on those whom you so selflessly want to make the offering. You only have a problem with other people to the extent that you have a problem with yourself. That runs deep. Go check out this book so you can read more and more about that and more and more about some of the topics that we had in this conversation today. Thank you so much to Christina for coming on the podcast. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it on social media. Christina would love if you shared it and help to get word about her book out there. You can share it with the hashtag becoming blossom. Let other people know that they can embrace their beautiful, beautiful flaws and how interesting and amazing that makes them. You just keep shining your beautiful unicorn light out there for all to see. I'll see you next time. Bye.